Before this episode of the Third Down Squad podcast starts, just a quick disclaimer. In the attempt to bring you better video and audio quality of this podcast, we experienced some technical malfunctions during our last recording session. We had to upload this video, respectively audio, in a quality that we do not want to generally put content out in. But it was a learning experience, helping us to have even better quality in the future. From all of us, sorry for the quality of this, but we hope that you can still enjoy and appreciate this episode. You're listening to the Third Down Squad Podcast, the best international news podcast for the National Football League. We're your hosts, Derek, Josh, and Toby. Let's get you ready for new set downs on Sunday. What's going on, guys? This is Derek, and this is the podcast week 14. The third down squad is here with you today. Obviously, it's me, Derek, on the left. Josh is in the middle. Toby is on the right, as usual. And today, we're going to start, just like every other podcast, we're going to give our recap of last week's games. And... The biggest story, I think, for Toby at least, was definitely the Saints game. And there was a couple of very interesting games that week. It looked like for us, if you had looked at our predictions, the 1 o'clock games did not go very well for us. The first four, or the first three or four of them, were losses when it came to our predictions. But Toby, why don't you go ahead and start your recap? Yeah, Derek, as you've already said, there were a couple of strange games this week. A lot of uh, wins from what (laughs) a lot of people consider to be underdogs before this week have lost, and a lot of teams that were supposed to be good uh, struggled a bit this week. Uh, One game that was uh, kind of reflecting that a lot was the Rams game against Detroit. That game was really close for quite a while, actually. And it looked like the Lions could actually beat the Rams. But in the end, the Rams pulled off the W uh, with some great defensive stands against the offense in Detroit. Another game that also was kind of the same was the Arizona game against uh, Green Bay, where they actually managed to beat the Packers at Lambeau Field with (laughs) it, uh, which is a tough task to accomplish even for uh, great teams. But... Yeah, of course, we're going to talk about the aftermath of that game later in our podcast Mm -hmm. as well. And then a team that I've actually had pretty high uh, in my power rankings. I haven't had them in my top five, but I've talked about them in a couple of my videos before was the Baltimore Ravens this week. They finally showed back up on defense against Atlanta. It's been a while since they played that well on defense. I think I would actually go as far back as week seven when they played the Saints when they had their last uh, game on defense, that they were actually that good. Uh, But yeah, this week they showed uh, up again against Atlanta. I hope they can do that a couple of times more this season Mm -hmm. because they are a good team. Uh, Of course, they have some controversy at quarterback. Should Joe Flacco uh, come back or is Lamar Jackson uh, good enough to be the starter for Baltimore? But that has to be seen. But yeah, Josh, what are your thoughts? It was a very, I guess, underperforming week last week, you know? It just kind of came off like that. Like, teams that were supposed to perform just kind of weren't. I mean, the biggest one for me, though, the surprise was the Giants upsetting the Bears. Mm -hmm. 
That was a very interesting. I mean, I'm su- yeah. yeah, yeah. I mean, I'm surprised that the Giants just didn't let the Bears win that, so you get closer to a better draft pick at this point. I mean, this season is pretty much a loss for the Giants right now. One more loss, and they're just out of everything. Right. Yeah. But the Texans dominated the Browns in the first half. I've never seen a defense make that much of a stand in my entire time watching football. I mean, they demanded that Baker Mayfield respect that defense. They even got to him numerous times. Most of the time, he really looked like a rookie out there. He just did not know where to throw it, and he often overthrew his wide receivers and just looked very, I guess, flustered would be the word mm-hmm. yeah. for this. Yeah. Because how many picks did he end up with? Three? I, believe it was I think it was three, 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 yeah. I think it was three yeah. yeah. And there's just somewhere, like one was right on the money, but he got tipped and was just up in the air, and... The other ones were just overthrown passes. It was ridiculous. I mean, Romeo Cornell sent the house with the Texans, and my goodness, Baker barely knew what to do half the time. Yeah. So it was very, very bad. Yeah, I mean, it was it was definitely the week of the underdog. There were a lot of teams in the underdog yeah. this week. Obviously, the Panthers getting blown out, the Bears getting blown out. The Saints getting beaten up pretty badly on the defensive side of the ball. Uh, Obviously, the Colts losing. We'll both talk about that here in a few minutes. And obviously, the Chargers coming back after the Pittsburgh was doing really good. Uh, Also wanted to give a quick shout-out to Adrian Peterson. Dude made history last night uh, in two ways. Both had his longest rushing touchdown of his entire career at 90 yards and it was also on Mark Sanchez's first snap so that uh, in and of itself is impressive and also uh is now tied for fifth all-time in touchdowns with 106 so congratulations Adrian uh very well deserved uh but yeah again this was the week of teams that you that are down at the bottom of rankings pulled off wins against very good teams and again, that's this is kind of why you enjoy the NFL because anybody can beat anybody at any time. It's not college where it, Ohio State or Alabama are the Rams and the Saints, and then if they face like exactly like uh, who would I compare it to Rutgers, who is like the Bills, then there's no way that 99 out of 100 times, or maybe 100 times out of 100 times, those teams are going to win. And that was that was very surprising. It was the first couple games on this schedule, uh, the Ravens winning, the Buccaneers winning, the Giants winning. I thought for a second that our schedule was just going to get blown out the water until the late games came around and then started to redeem ourselves a little bit. But yeah, so now we're going to move on from our recap to our two favorite teams who both suffered some pretty dramatic losses. Not necessarily in the point category, but in failure to find the offense. Uh, Toby, we're going to start with you this time. Give us a little bit as to what happened to the Saints against the Cowboys. All right, of course. Um, Yeah, um, I mean, 
it's kind of a tough loss for the Saints after winning 10 games straight. You're kind of getting used to seeing your team win every other uh, <laughs> Thursday or Sunday. But, I mean, it had to happen at some point this season again. Uh, the Saints are not a 15-1, and 16-0 and 0, uh, team right now. Mm-hmm. Um, but, I mean, the Cowboys played actually pretty well. They They showed up on defense against the Saints. They knew exactly what they had to do. They had to stop the run. And the Cowboys, I think, have one of the best, if not the best, uh, front seven in the game right now. So it was really tough for the Saints to get the running game going. Mm -hmm. And they actually got a lot of pressure on Drew Brees as well. But I think that was not the problem that they uh, faced uh, in the passing game, that the there was pressure on Drew Brees because Drew Brees th- still threw pretty accurate passes. Yeah, there were a couple that were a little bit off target, but most of the passes were actually pretty well thrown uh, on the numbers for the receivers. Uh, but the receivers just dropped the balls a couple of times. Uh, it be Michael Thomas, I think, dropped the ball twice on pretty yeah important downs that they had to convert. Elvin Kamara had a couple of drops. And of course, the younger guys um, had also a couple of drops, which I, are kind of. I a will key, comment excusable. one thing: that first pass to Michael Thomas, that was easily a holding on the on the defense. Yeah, he had his yeah, arm uh, wrapped around his waist. I mean, I'm sorry, that should have been a flag, but it was not. Yeah, I I I, I was coming to that as well. Right now, uh, it was not just that the receivers dropped the balls; it was also they were on both uh, sides of the ball. Uh, not only for the Saints, but also against the Cowboys. There were also a couple of missed calls there. Uh, I think the most serious one was the uh, hit with the helmet against Elvin Kamara yes. that actually yes. uh, put him out of the game for a couple of snaps. Yeah. Uh, I, I mean, they, they were emphasizing that they would call uh, leading with the helmet more this season, mm-hmm. but apparently not anymore. Uh, so that is one point that kind of... Uh, had a little bit of a bitter feeling uh, for the game because I think if at least a couple of the penalties, even the ones against the Saints, uh, are called, the Saints might have won the game. I, I mean, it was only a three-point difference in the game. Yeah, the, the Cowboys were in a field goal position at the end of the game, which would have made it a, th- a six-point game. But... Yeah, another thing that I blame for the loss for the Saints is actually the coaching by Sean Payton. I usually love John pa- uh, Sean Payton, and he's a great coach for the Saints. He is an offensive mastermind. He does usually do the clock managing pretty well. Uh, but this time, I don't know what he did. But uh, first off, calling two challenges in the first quarter, um, I don't know, at least the first one, um, it was pretty obvious that he would not win that challenge. Um, so he wasted one there and it uh, came back to bite him mm-hmm. when the Cowboys converted the first down uh, with a pass that was clearly dropped. But the refs called it a, a caught pass. Saints didn't have a, a chance to challenge that get the play. The Cowboys went on uh, with a new set of downs and scored off of that. If they had a challenge, they wouldn't have converted it. They might have had to punt it, but that's okay. 
another point that Sean Payton did was, uh, yeah, why are you not kicking the field goal when you don't have any points on the board and you're behind 10 points when you're inside the 10-yard line and going for it on fourth down? Just get the three points, easy field goal, get on the scoreboard, make it a one-score game. It might change the whole situation in the game. It might get you rolling, uh, change the moment, uh, momentum in your favor. Don't give the Cowboys any more momentum that they already have with a 10-point lead in the first half. Kick the field goal. So, in my opinion, it was uh, not one reason that the Saints lost. It was, uh, it was all in all a bad game on all... Mm -hmm. Uh, parts uh, for the Saints. Other than on defense, I think the defense pr actually played pretty well. Yeah. Because the offense for the Cowboys didn't get anything really going. Yeah, there was I one mean, time they, they, they were on their side of the of the field or on New Orleans' side of the field to start that drive, and that's ultimately where Zeke got his touchdown. Yeah, yeah they, they got one touchdown, uh, two field goals. Okay, I, I'll count three field goals because they were in field goal range uh, when they took the knee to end the game. But uh, even that, that's 16 points. Usually the Saints offense, even against the best offense in the league, uh, puts up more than 16 points. They just didn't uh, show up last Thursday. So, yeah. Um, it, it was an off week for the Saints. Uh, take that one loss, move on, uh, do a better job next time. Yeah, but, and we're going to go to the Colts now, who, Toby, I yeah. think that these two games are so identical in so many ways, especially after what yeah. you just said. It was not just one caliber of things that went wrong. It was all of it. The offense couldn't find a way to get going. I mean, obviously the Cowboys have a great defense, and Jacksonville is no different. They're definitely one of the better defenses in the league on a struggling team. And I, again, I it was the same with you. I blame... Frank Reich for this victory a lot or this defeat a lot. Honestly, I wouldn't necessarily say this is his first real big mistake, but I think this one was. I know a lot of people said, "Oh, well it's okay that he went with uh he went for it on fourth down so many times." I I I get it. I can understand you want to be aggressive. I do. And I know that Chris Ballard has uh the support of Frank Reich behind him, which is a good thing. You, you always want your GM to back up your head coach. But again, to what you said, early in the game, you have the opportunity to take the lead or tie the game. Tie the game, give them the ball back. You have momentum instead of losing that momentum and giving that defense anything more to be proud about. It was really just a poor executed game plan, in my opinion, I mean, at the end of the game, you obviously want to be aggressive because you're down, but the Colts two different times were inside the 30-yard line. Easily plenty of distance and easy enough for Vinatieri to have either started giving us the lead or tied it and ultimately could have gave us a better uh, chance to win this game. The defense, again, was really good in that game. They, the Colt, uh, yeah, Cody Kessler. Cody Kessler did not get anything going in that game at all. He he was off a lot, and we obviously didn't give up anything running. The defensive line got pressure on Cody Kessler all game, and ultimately our our offense couldn't perform. And Josh, I want to know what you what your emotions were from that game. 
Alright, well, let's see. Um, I guess that it's because it's sluggish. You know? Yeah. 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 It's frustrating as hell. I'll just tell you that. Yeah, I bet. So I'm like, alright, yeah, we're riding a five-game winning streak. Let's do this. Yeah. And I went to the store. Zero to six. I said, okay, it's only the second quarter. We can do this. Come back again. Third quarter. Why haven't we scored? Fourth quarter. Come on. What, what, what's going on? Yeah. I just wonder how Andrew Luck can have those amount of yards that he's thrown and not have a touchdown. Yeah, it was, there was a stat that said uh, the, he had 33 completions in that game. That is the most completions ever made in a, in a shutout game. Yeah, it's just backwards. Like this why it's just baffling. Yeah, I mean to have our five game winning streak come to an end, zero to six. Yeah, I mean I gotta give Jacksonville credit. They took advantage of bringing a lot of different blitz packages. They blitzed in every way, shape, and form, and they did not let Andrew Luck breathe for a second. And sure enough, it. it it worked down the road because they knew they we couldn't run the ball against them because we they were just too strong up front and bringing six you they brought five six sometimes seven guys either off corners safeties or linebackers I mean ultimately it, it, you get pressure on Andrew Luck I mean and as good as that offensive line has been you can't block everybody I mean there's only five of them and if you're bringing six guys five or six guys, it's almost impossible to keep people away like that. <laughs> yeah. Alright. That's yeah. why I guess like this whole week just felt off. Especially with like the underdogs as we've been discussing yeah. earlier. I mean, yeah. Yeah. we should have beaten Jacksonville. They knew that we should have beaten them, but they said no. And they shut us out, which yeah, it's baffling when, you know, two of the best offenses in the NFL, the Saints and the Colts, just seem to not be able to figure it out. Yeah. Actually, no. Actually, no. The Dolphins are actually ahead of us because the strength of schedule for them is higher. They are actually slightly above us right now. Yeah, because it's a three-way tie. And ultimately, it won't matter unless the Ravens lose. Yeah. The Ravens are ahead by one game. All right. Well, we're going to move on from the Colts and the Saints before we get too depressed. Uh, and we're yeah. actually going to go to a little bit of a touchy subject. Uh, we all know what happened with the Kareem Hunt incident. There was a video that was brought out Friday night of Kareem Hunt having an incident in a Cleveland hotel uh, assaulting a, another woman. And ultimately, there are a lot of questions when it comes to this case. Some of the facts that we do know is that obviously the video was obtained by TMZ. And what we don't know is, is how they got a hold of it versus anything else. But what can be speculated is that since there were no charges brought up from this incident, the woman did not bring up any charges on Kareem Hunt. The police did not have the authority or the right to be able to take the video since there was no investigation. Therefore, the NFL could not take it simply because it was not brought into the 
law enforcement's hands first. But ultimately, it brings up a lot of questions uh, about why didn't the NFL step in, considering they've been a lot more active in a lot of other people's punishments beforehand. But that's going to be a discussion for another day, probably in another week or so. But ultimately, Josh, I have the question for you, and we'll answer it. Do you think that Kareem Hunt should deserve another chance in the NFL at some point, or do you think some team will find a way to pick him up? Noted, he did not get claimed off waivers yesterday, so he is an unrestricted free agent. I think that as much as people don't want to hear this, I think he will get picked up by another team because I'm... This is such a touchy subject, you don't really know how to come at it at a certain angle, yeah. you know? So, yeah. I'm going to say that he might have a year off, mm-hmm. you know? Just like, I think the teams are going to let this blow over for a year. But my my whole thing, though, is during that apology thing that aired on uh, ESPN mm-hmm. over the weekend, he, he apologized to everybody but the woman he attacked. If you listen to it the whole time, yeah. there's no apology to the lady that he attacked. And that's sickening. I mean, you brutally, you go after her like a, like an animal, and you're just going to... You, God, I'm getting worked up over this. But, I mean, I, I know we shouldn't restrain ourselves, but just... He's just I think, an idiot I think right the now. one thing that a lot of people are mad about is that not only did he do it, he lied to everyone about it. Yeah. He lied to the NFL. He lied to the Chiefs. He lied to his family, everyone involved in this, because he thought that somehow he could get away with it, and he knew what the consequences of this was going to happen if it got leaked out. Yeah. And ultimately, he delayed the inevitable. That was the issue. Yeah, and that's the that's the one thing. Uh, actually, the Chiefs did not release him because of the incident. Mm-hmm. They released him because he lied to them. Right. Yeah, exactly. I mean, sometimes it's better to tell the truth than to lie about it. I mean, I mean, there's yeah. a lot of people in today's society uh, that think that, you know, Ray Rice should have deserved a second chance because, you know, he did, he came out. He was sincerely apologetic. He, he has done so much to try and change his perspective on his issue. He got therapy. He went and helped other people with their issues, you know, donated money, everything he had to try and get another shot, but didn't get it. Ultimately, you know, I think that's the issue. A lot of people are not mad about what he did. It's the fact that he lied. Yeah. Yeah. It's a good, like, I guess my whole problem with it is that he's just, you can tell that he's just saying this. Like, the tone of his voice is just, he doesn't sound sincere about this. He's just like, I'm sorry, put me back in the game, coach. And yeah. that's just not going to fly right now, because I'd like to seriously apologize to the team, my teammates. I'm like, yeah, we heard this before, but you don't sound sincere. You didn't apologize to the lady you attacked. I mean... He still has a lot of growing up to do. Granted, he's only 23 years old and he's just out of his rookie year yeah. and he's still in his rookie contract. But come on. Yeah, I this mean, is this isn't really a mature. Yeah. This is a maturity issue. It's not. This is something that should never happen. And Toby and I were talking about this earlier. We don't know 
all the circumstances that came with that. Only the police know, and I'm sure the police probably don't know the majority of it because there was no investigation done. The woman doesn't want to speak about it. Yeah. And Toby told me earlier there was a video of Kareem Hunt uh, allegedly getting into a fight at a nightclub somewhere else. And, I mean, this is just going to show Kareem Hunt has a an issue with violence. He doesn't appear to be able to control himself. And, again, this is, like, becoming more and more of an issue and I think, like you said, Josh, I do believe that at some point somebody's going to pick him up. I think not this season, but like give it a whole off season to boil over, and then somebody will decide we're gonna we're gonna take him on his word. We're gonna try and rehabilitate this guy. And I mean, we can't deny he's got insane uh, ability to play football. Toby's putting up the numbers. I mean, in yeah. year and a half. This kid has put up some insane numbers, easily one of the top five best running backs in the NFL to date, but ultimately your the decisions you make off the field will impact whether or not you can play on the field. All right, yeah, just uh, so everybody knows, sorry for the cutout there, a little bit of issue with the recording, but we are back. Uh, again, we were just talking about uh, what we believe should happen with Kareem Hunt and basic overview. We all said that he should be suspended uh, and the NFL should decide on that punishment and only time will tell whether or not he should be allowed back in the league. And so now we're going to move on from Kareem Hunt to another person worth knowing who has now, who is now without a job, and that is Mike McCarthy. Uh, obviously, we all know Green Bay suffered a tragic home loss to the struggling Arizona Cardinals, and before Mike McCarthy could even leave the stadium, was called into the GM's office and was fired on the spot. And I think deservingly so, after such a terrifying loss against a team that should not have beaten them. But Toby's going to put up some of these uh, stats, and we're going to look back at some of Mike McCarthy's uh, duration here with the Packers. He was obviously there for many, many years, over 10 years, has won, uh, has played in over 200 games, or has coached 200 games, has a win-loss percentage of .62. Pretty impressive numbers, honestly, and has obviously coached and won a Super Bowl with the Packers as well. And... I think the big issue that everybody is having right now is uh, why is it that Mike McCarthy was fired to begin with? And Toby, I'm going to start with you. What do you think is the main reason that McCarthy is no longer with the Packers? I think the main reason for McCarthy being fired in Green Bay right now is that <laughs> he was not able to get the full potential out of that team that he has. Because, yeah, this year the Packers might not be as strong as in other years. But uh, Green Bay has the guys on offense and of def on defense to go to the Super Bowl. Or not the Super Bowl or to the playoffs every year. They should be uh, at least second in the NFC North every year against mm -hmm. uh, the Lions, the Bears, and the Vikings, and they should have a good enough record to 
be at least in the wild card. Uh, mm-hmm. and with a quarterback like Aaron Rodgers, you don't need the big guys at wide receiver or at tight end, as he has shown in previous years. He can make uh, guys look good as well. He's a great quarterback that can make wide receivers better. They have yeah. good running backs there usually. They didn't have a good running back last year because they had a couple of injuries. But this year, I mean, why did they just start to uh, run with Aaron Jones? Uh, I think they started to use him about three weeks ago. Every expert in the NFL on ESPN, on FS1, on the NFL Network, always said char- uh, start Aaron Jones from the beginning of the season. They Everybody knew that this guy was something special, that he can help the Packers in the run game to win games. But Mike McCarthy just waited on him. He waited and waited and finally he started him. And it was like every expert expected him to be. He was great. Yeah. And uh, why didn't you start him earlier? That's, I think, one of the main reasons that Mike McCarthy uh, was fired because he just made some weird uh and wrong personal choices and also trading away Hawkland Dix who is quite a good defensive player mm-hmm. uh, why why are you trading him away you need somebody in your defensive backfield in Green Bay that's that's one of the weaker sides in Green Bay right now on their roster that's the defensive backfield why are you trading away a safety right so yeah there were some personal choices I don't agree with in Green Bay, and uh, I agree with uh, Mike McCarthy being fired for that. So I think just the the choices personal-wise are the reason that he was fired in Green Bay. Yeah, it seems like just a few weeks ago they were uh, in a very close game with the uh, Rams, which was a very encouraging sign, and then ever since that game, they just seem to have not been able to turn on the burners. And uh, Josh, I don't know if you agree, but I think a lot of people are trying to say that Aaron Rodgers had a lot to do with this because obviously Aaron Rodgers hasn't been very good the last couple weeks. Yeah, I think he was. Sometimes you can just tell Aaron Rodgers just gave up on Mike McCarthy in game. He was just out there doing the motions. I mean, I think all the Packers fans and the team themselves know that they're not going to make the playoffs. They just aren't. So I think that Aaron did have a little bit to do with this because, because uh, excuse me, he just is the guy in Green Bay. Without him, they're nothing. And if I'm the, I'm going to go off on tangent here. If I'm the Browns, stay away from Mike McCarthy. Don't go towards him. Otherwise, it's Hugh Jackson 2.0 again. You're going to be stuck in the dark ages. Because he just... Mike McCarthy, he's not that good of a head coach. I mean, he's got a winning record, but who are his quarterbacks? Brett Favre and Aaron Rodgers. Two of the greatest quarterbacks to ever play this game. He's just a figurehead, I guess. He's just yeah. out there just to look like they have a head coach, and their head coach is on the field, wearing either number four or number 12. Yeah, and I think that a lot of people bring that up with, you know, Bilicek and Brady, who's more who's more important. But I think majority of, I think all of us can agree that Bill Belichick and his system makes the Patriots. It's not the other way around of Tom Brady, but I think Aaron Rodgers 
since McCarthy and the front office of the Green Bay Packers have not given Aaron Rodgers that many weapons to work with these past couple years, especially on the defensive side. Yeah, did you see the record when they won the Super Bowl? What was it? 10 and 8. 10 and 8 when they won the Super Bowl. Still wasn't even that good of a record for a Super Bowl winning season. I mean, it's it's just ridiculous just how Mm. bad of a coach he is. I mean, he's only, the only reason we talked highly of him was because, oh, look at that, it's number 12, Aaron Rodgers. Yeah. Yeah, I always thought that McCarthy got a little bit of a break when it came to his uh, quarterbacks. You know, he obviously had the gunslingers, uh, two of the greatest quarterbacks of our generations. I really don't know what to make of it. Uh, I think that it wasn't just one factor. I think it was a lot of it. I think that the relationship between Aaron Rodgers and Mike McCarthy was pretty good. I think it was just strictly business. They really did. There's times yeah. where they were happy with each other. There were times when they butted heads, but at the end of the day, it was business. But ultimately, you're kind of right. Like there's times when, you know, you just sit back and then you're like, McCarthy, what are you doing? And I know that you know everybody says you need to listen to your franchise guy. I mean, if that's the case, then you need to do that instead of contradicting. Am I the team captain here? Is number 12 the team captain? I don't know. You're the head coach, so I would assume your job is to be the captain of this ship while it's while it's rowing. But ultimately, uh, I do think that McCarthy will get another job somewhere. I think his just his resume just appeals to a lot of teams, especially we, we've talked a little bit this year. I think Chase even told me that he can kind of say that there's three or four different coaches that will probably be fired at the end of this season. So uh wouldn't be surprised if he got picked up somewhere else, yeah. including the Browns. But uh, I, yeah, I just, he's not, no, Browns fans, if you listen to this, no. <laughs> stay away from Mike McCarthy. I keep from, telling you, it's Hugh Jackson 2.0. He's just going to stand there and pretend that he looks like he knows what he's doing. Yeah, and, I, I, I actually I, I agree on one point with Derek. I think Mike McCarthy belongs in the NFL. He's a good enough coach. But in my opinion, it's like we talked about Hugh Jackson when he was fired on the podcast. And I think, yeah, I, I think I talked about it. I think Hugh Jackson is not a head coach, but he's a coordinator. Yeah. Same thing applies to Mike McCarthy. Put Mike McCarthy yeah. back at the offensive coordinator uh, position like he was before he went to Green Bay as their head coach. Uh, I don't know. Let him go to the Jets, be their offensive coordinator or something. Uh, yeah. But totally I don't think work. McCarthy is the type of coach that should be a head coach, more of a coordinator. Yeah, I totally agree. All right. So now we are going to move on to the news around the NFL a couple of key points, uh, a couple of key players to look at. Toby is going to give us the rundown. Yeah, and uh, yeah, the news this week uh, is uh, more of an injury report, to be honest. Yeah. Because a lot of key injuries last week in the NFL. And first off um, is, of course, James Conner for the Pittsburgh Steelers, who suffered an ankle injury in last week's game. Uh, at first, it didn't look like it was a major injury and he could play this week. 
But uh, today, Mike Tomlin came out and said that it is a, more of a an injury that they first believed. Uh, and he is at least out against Oakland this week. It may be longer. Nobody knows how long it's going to take. But, yeah, what do you guys think? Uh, how would a longer absence uh, affect the Steelers who now have to start Jalen Samuel as their starting running back? Uh, Yeah, go ahead, Josh. In all honesty, this is what's going to hurt the Steelers in the long run, and I think the Ravens are going to overtake them for the lead in the AFC North. The Steelers have just been declining, mm-hmm. and I, it's almost hard to watch sometimes when you got allegations that Big Ben is blaming everybody but himself for the uh, problems going on in Pittsburgh right now. Yeah, I think that yeah, yeah without James Conner, they're they're just they just need to do enough to get by until he's back out there. And I think that's what they're going to do. You're not going to see anything flashy. I mean, you're going to see a couple of deep throws to you know Antonio Brown or Schuster, but when it comes to running, the second biggest part of the sport right now, how are they going to be able to do it with some? I don't, I don't really want to call him a no name, but I mean, just somebody from out of the blue. It's definitely going to hurt their chances of keeping the lead in the AFC North when the Ravens are on a hot streak right now with Lamar Jackson. Yeah, I mean, the, other than the Cowboys, the Pittsburgh Steelers are the kings of drama. There's always drama that follows them every week. Uh, and like you said, Big Ben doesn't take accountability. Nobody really takes accountability for their actions many times. And we've all, and like you said, they're declining right before our eyes. They should have won the game against the Chargers. They should have won against the Jaguars a lot better than they did. But they're just scraping by right now and it's not even their offense as the problem their defense is starting to fall apart day by day and now you just lost your quote-unquote your best running back at this point and god knows how long he'll be out most likely be a couple weeks and you're right josh it's they need to be careful because if they're not careful and they lose the next couple games that they play they could potentially miss the playoffs because the Dolphins and the Colts are six and six. They're seven, four, and one. So they're only uh, one and a half games back right now. So anything could happen at this moment. I don't think the Steelers will lose that uh, one of their spots. I do think they'll still get in. But if they're not careful, this injury, especially with James Conner, can affect them in the long run. Yeah, I, Derek, I'm going to agree with you there. Um... It's going to hurt them in the long run. It's going to depend on how long James Conner will be out with this injury. But uh, I think uh, one thing that's in their favor right now that they have the Oakland Raiders on their schedule this week, which is a pretty easy game right now in the league to have. Mm -hmm. So they might get lucky and James Conner gets back next week and he's just missing the game in Oakland. I, I, I think they might be able to win the game against Oakland even without James Conner. It, right. it it might get more difficult, but like I said, it's it's one of the easier games that they have this year. Right. And, of course, uh, the second injury that we got this week was uh, for the Washington Redskins. Again, their quarterback broke his leg again. Colt McCoy is out for the season with a broken fibula. Now starting for the Washington Redskins is Mr. Butt Fumble, Mark Sanchez. Who actually got a butt recovery this week? 
um, yeah, which is kind of funny. How to respond to that? <laughs> yeah, I was about to say that his first uh, attempt to pass, he gets his first butt fumble recovery. <laughs> yeah. So oh, yeah. Um, what what changes for for Washington now that they have Mark Sanchez as their starter? It's not going to be any better or practically any worse than what they were already off. They're they're still going to lose possession of this conference or of this division. The Cowboys uh, are already head over heels better than them, and the Eagles just proved it that they're better than them if they don't have Alex Smith. And at some point, you never know, the Giants could potentially – uh, do some damage hence if they win all their games from this point on but uh pretty much washington's gonna it, they're no better no worse from this injury in all honesty i'm gonna look at this an optimistic view i say they win a little bit and they get that wild card spot losing it to the cowboys but they're only gonna get the stretch they're gonna get the wild card spot yeah uh, and call uh, it now yeah. They're going to do it. Yeah. Uh, They're going to get the wild card. Uh, Josh I'm, with the hot take. I, I'm not quite sure about that because there are a couple of teams in the hunt right now uh, for that wild card spot in the NFC that might be better with uh, than uh, the Washington Redskins are right now with Mark Sanchez. But it was about the same with Colt McCoy. But right. I, I kind of got to disagree with you there, Derek, that they didn't get worse because I think Colt McCoy kind of got them the option to run the ball with the quarterback. So they had the kind of element for the for surprise in their game. They had the quarterback option that they could use a lot more with Colt McCoy, which kind of falls away with Mark Sanchez, who is not really the, the running quarterback at all and not the most accurate passer either. So... Their best weapon now is the running game with Adrian Peterson, um, but True. which will make them really one-dimensional. So that that might be a problem for them going forward. So I think they are a little bit worse off than with Colt McCoy, but of course it's a huge step back from uh, Alex Smith. True. And now we got uh, we're back with another. Uh, contender for the wild card in the NFC with the Carolina Panthers, who also lost a key player of theirs uh, with Greg Olson, who aggravated his injury on his right foot, with which he already missed a couple of games in the beginning of the season. But for now, he's out for the rest of the season. They put him on AR, um, and we kind of saw what they can do without him at the beginning of the season, but yeah. Um, how does it affect the pair, uh, the Panthers and their chances to make the playoff right now that they're missing one of their big targets on offense? Josh, this is your guy. You go first. Tell me about it. I got him on fantasy. I'm getting frustrated with him. I'm just lucky Jed Pittles pulling it up, you know? I, I think that they're going to be just fine because they prove that they can win a couple of games without him. You know, I mean, sure, they're bad on the road, but they still are able to win games. Plus, I think they're going to get a tight end in the uh, draft anyway this coming year. Probably later in the round, but I just think that Greg Olson should probably think about retirement because this is the third or fourth time in the past two years that his foot has been re-aggravated like this again. 
I, I just think that if he's just going to keep hurting it over and over again, why does he keep getting out into the field? I mean, I feel I felt more bad for Tyler Eifert than I did for Greg Olson. Because right. Tyler Eifert's been trying to fight back, and then he breaks his leg, and honestly, I think that's his career-ending injury right there. Yeah, could potentially yeah. be. I just think, yeah, I just think that Greg Olson starts to think about retirement because at this point, there's just no, there's just no reason to come back if you're just going to keep hurting that same foot over and over again. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, it is aggravating for the Panthers and for Greg Olson. He obviously is a big uh, part of that Carolina offense when he is on the field. Uh, I kind of agree with you, Josh. Uh, I don't think his absence is going to kill the Carolina Panthers. I don't think that he really made them a million times better when he was on the field to begin with. But it does hurt a little bit because that is one less target that Cam Newton has. And Lord knows he has difficulty as it is finding targets when it comes to his uh, throwing ability. So, yeah, it hurts him a little bit. Do I think it's going to ultimately be the reason they get kicked out or kept in their spot in the playoffs? No, but uh, later down the road when they're having difficulty throwing the football, that injury will come into play. Yeah, and uh, one more thing that you guys both talked about is that it doesn't affect the Panthers in the playoff run in any way. And I got to agree with it, but it's not because Greg Olson doesn't affect the Panthers that much just because I don't think the Panthers actually were in the race for the playoffs anymore because when you're looking at their schedule they have to play the sense the Saints twice in the last three weeks so when you're going up against the best team in the NFL right now twice still and you are on the bubble for a wild card spot uh, I don't consider you being in the uh, playoff race anymore so it I, I don't think the injury does affect them in the playoff race in any way. But like Josh yeah. says, I think Greg Olson really has to think about retiring from the NFL right now. Yeah, I agree. And we have another uh, aggravated injury this week with the Cincinnati Bengals. AJ Green tried to get back out on the field, aggravated his injury. Now he needs surgery. He's out for the season. But... Yeah, the Bengals are not quite out of the race yet for a playoff spot in the AFC with a tight uh, contested AFC North. Uh, So same question again. How does missing AJ Green affect the Bengals and their chances for the playoffs? Well, I think of most of the injuries uh, that we talked about already, I think AJ Green is one of the most important ones, especially since the, the Bengals have struggled ever since the middle of the season. And to me personally, I totally believe they're out of the race, even though their record is still relatively decent. Uh, I just think that their team morale is at a point where it just it, it's just irreversible, especially since you've lost Andy Dalton to the IR. You now have A.J. Greenoff, who's your best receiver and one of the best receivers in the league, and your defense is getting hurt. Yeah, your defense yeah. is just getting hurt more and more often. This Bengals team is just d- deprived of everything that it could possibly have. 
I think that among all se- many of the seasons that the Bengals have had in the last few years, this is probably their worst, just considering the morale of their team, the injuries. This injury with A.J. Green being done is really, really hurtful, especially when you have a backup quarterback in right now. Yeah. Yeah. Um, for the Bengals, I think if they had the option to throw in the towel and call it a season, I think they would take it right now. But since yeah. this is the NFL and it doesn't work like that, they just got to keep playing. Yep. Like you said, Derek, out of all the injuries right now, he's the most important one because he's the guy that you can always trust that can get up and grab the ball whenever. Yep. He's essentially their Calvin Johnson. And uh, without him, they pretty much can't do anything else. They, they, they surely got John Ross, but he's not tall. He's fast. Yep. He's just not tall like A.J. Green is that can go up for the grab ball. So, I think the Bengals are just going to limp on through to the end of the season here and not make the playoffs. Because if they made the playoffs, they'd get wiped out because they'd have nobody by that time. Yeah, yeah. yeah I, I, I think the same way Josh does. And I, actually, uh, for me, when you're thinking about the Bengals right now without A.J. Green, without Andy Dalton, uh, without Tyler Eifert, um, I don't think you're in a position to think about the playoffs. I think right now you're in the position to think, um, okay, can we even keep the Browns behind us in the division? Can we even uh, keep our third spot in the uh, in the AFC North? Yeah, you're only one game back. Yeah, so um, I don't know. We we saw in the last couple of weeks what the uh, Bengals can't do without AJ Green. It's not much. So um, I'd be surprised if the Bengals can pull off a couple more wins this season. Uh, so yeah, it's a big loss for for uh, the Bengals, but I think their season was already over when they lost Andy Dalton. Yeah. but yeah, I think their season was over uh, too when they lost to the Browns. Yeah. yeah. A team that they yeah. should always beat. Yeah, but nope. I, yeah. But I'm glad that the Browns are actually winning for once. This yeah, is yeah, nice story. Yeah, and yeah. Now we already talked about the uh, implications for the playoffs uh, with the injuries uh, around the NFL, and yeah, uh, as we are in the final weeks of the season, uh, of course we got to talk about who is in the playoffs right now, who is in the hunt of the playoffs. And yeah, starting off with the NFC right now, um, you got uh, the playoff picture up right now. Uh, first in the NFC right now are the LA Rams with a record of 11 and 1. They actually already clinched their playoff berth uh, with the division title last week. Nobody can catch them in the NFC West anymore. Uh, at the second seed are the New Orleans Saints. They dropped down one spot with the loss to the Dallas Cowboys last week with the record of 10-2. and two. At number three are the Bears with a record of 8-4. and four. Of course, also lost to the Giants last week. At number four, uh, the Cowboys climbed up with the win against the Saints with a record of 7-5. and five. Also at 7-5 and five are the Seattle Seahawks with the number one wildcard spot. At number six, with a record of six, five, and one, are the Vikings, 
just holding on to the last uh, wild card in the hunt right now are the Carolina Panthers with a record of six and six, so behind half a game only. Also at six and six are the Eagles and the Redskins. And the last team that I would put in the hunt for the NFC right now are the Tampa Bay Buccaneers with a record of five and seven uh, with one and a half games behind the Vikings. Um, yeah, guys, uh, do you think it will stay the same? Are there going to be any changes now with the injuries that we talked about now? Or uh, do you think that's the play of picture, how it's going to stay after week 17? I think that the only change I would make is potentially the Vikings. I think that Dallas has asserted itself as the leader of the NFC East. Uh, I think even though the Bears are struggling with their offense right now, I think that their record just keeps them out of danger at the moment. I think that they, I have them losing again this week, I believe, but Again, I think that their defense eventually just keeps them in the spot right now. And again, Seattle faces uh, Minnesota this week, which will definitely be a very key matchup. And I do believe that the Seahawks will win this game. And if Carolina or the Eagles decide to win their respective games this week, which we'll get to here soon, I think that the uh, sixth spot of the... Uh, the last spot of the wild card round could be very interesting. I do believe that I, I think right now the Vikings are the favorite, but I it would not surprise me if, like I said a couple weeks ago, it would not surprise me if they get knocked off. Their offense is getting inconsistent, and their defense isn't very good right now. And like I said, they face Seattle this week, which is going to be a very important game for both teams. I think that we all know one and two are set. Those two spots are set. But uh, what helped the Bears out was that all the teams in the NFC North lost, so they're safe. Yeah. Right now. Yeah, yeah. So I think that we can see the Cowboys take the third spot, the Bears taking the fourth spot, and then I think Carolina will definitely knock out uh, Tampa Bay if they ever play again. Yeah, and uh, I think that although I said that the the Redskins could make a change chance for the uh, wild card spot, I think that the Eagles will knock them out though. Just, you know, upon looking at the uh, graphic that was put up in front of us. Yeah, right. I just there's a lot that's going to be moving below one and two. So right now, I think it's still subject to change. Yeah, uh, I believe the same. It's it's going to change a lot. I think. Uh, if you're looking at the division leaders, I think that one's going to stay about the same. So I think 1, 2, 3, and 4 are set. I don't see anybody overtaking the Dallas Cowboys in the yeah, NFC East right now. Um, the only thing that might change are the wildcard spots, in my opinion. I'm not sure if the Seahawks can keep that one game lead. They have a couple of tough matchups still to come. Uh, same with the Vikings. The Vikings are not looking uh, that good right now. So I think that uh, Carolina and the Eagles are moving up to the wildcard spots and both the Vikings and the Seahawks will drop out of the wildcard, uh, in my opinion. Mm -hmm. okay. um, 
But yeah, right now we are done with the NFC. Uh, now we got the playoff picture for the AFC. Uh, here, of course, we got the Kansas City Chiefs at number one with a record of 10-2. and two. At number two are the New England Patriots with a record of 9-3. and three. Number three, the Houston Texans, also with a uh, with a record of nine and three. Number four, the Steelers, with a record of seven four and one. Number five are the uh, the LA Chargers, with a record of nine and three. And number six, uh, with a record of sorry that there is a record of five and five. Uh, I believe it's seven and five right now. Uh, that's a mistake on the graphic. Uh, in the hunt right now are the Miami Dolphins, who are uh, with the record of six and six, as well as the Colts, the Broncos, and the Titans, all at a record of six and six. Uh, the last team in the hunt right now are the Cincinnati Bengals, with a record of five and seven. But like we talked about it with the injury to AJ Green, uh, they are most likely out of the hunt for uh, the playoffs. Uh, no team in the AFC has yet clinched their uh uh play of birth so that's a difference to the nfc uh yeah your guys opinion on will the playoff picture change or will it stay the same okay uh, i'll start the afc one off there all right i think that the chiefs are fine and uh, i believe the patriots are fine as always i still believe that the Ravens will overtake the Steelers for the uh, lead in the AFC North. And uh, the Chargers will clinch that wild card spot before anybody else. I think for the Colts and the Titans, it's going to come down to the last week when the two play each other again. The winner stays in the playoffs if, it, if, it, if the records still hold out, or uh, they both knock each other out. Which most to be a possibility. I just don't think the Steelers have enough power to make it through the end. They just their defense isn't coming through, as we stated before, and they don't have James Conner for who knows how long right now. So I could actually see the uh, Dolphins sneaking in there to play the Ravens in the uh, playoffs if. They can keep their act together, and if the Colts and the Titans knock each other out of the playoff round. Yeah, I think that actually I'm going to suggest that these six teams are all going to stay in the playoffs. I think the AFC, in my opinion, is set. Uh, Whether or not the Steelers and the Ravens exchange uh, seedings, that's all up to different levels there, but I do believe that the Ravens will uh, keep that spot because I don't anticipate them losing more than two games from this point on. I do expect every other team below them to lose more than two games, two games or more. Uh, I think Miami has to face New England again and uh, I don't think that they have the offensive firepower to keep up. Uh, as much as I hate to admit it, I, I love my Colts, but right now they're still, with that loss to Jacksonville, that put them in a very bad spot. They have to face Dallas this upcoming week, who obviously had a, a defining win against the Saints. I don't know how that's going to end up. We could potentially lose that one. 
and we do face the Texans as well. Uh, I think that's upcoming. Yeah, that's this week. Uh, I do yep. believe that the Colts will lose against the Texans because the Texans are just on a roll right now. And then I fully anticipate the Colts to win their last two against the Titans and the uh, the Giants, but I don't – a team with an 8-8 eight eight record is not getting in. So in my opinion, AFC stays the same with the exception of possibly Pittsburgh and the Ravens exchanging seeds. All right, Derek, we got two completely different takes on the AFC, apparently. Really? All right. Because I'm going to go with a complete shuffle up on the AFC. All right. Um, I think now that Kansas City lost Kareem Hunt or released Kareem Hunt, they are missing a key component of their offense. So, in my opinion, the Chargers will beat Kansas City out in the race in the AFC West. Wow. So the Chargers, in my opinion, are moving up to the number one spot in the AFC. Okay. I also think that the Patriots are not looking that good right now. So I don't think they are staying at the number two seed. For me, the Houston Texans are looking a lot better right now. So I'm moving the Texans at number three. Uh, at number four, I think the the Patriots can hold themselves because nobody in the AFC North can overtake the Patriots right now, not even if they lose uh, every game, uh, I think. But at number four, I put the Baltimore Ravens. They are overtaking the Steelers uh, with only half a game back, and now they James Conner uh, might miss a couple of weeks for Pittsburgh. I don't think they will stay in the playoffs. Um, but I think the Steelers uh, will be in the playoffs with a wild card. Um, and, of course, Kansas City will stay in. So Kansas City at number five and the Steelers at number, th at number six. I think it's the same teams that are in there right now, just different seats. Uh, uh, so kind of uh, with the teams were similar, Derek, but the seats, I think will completely change in the end for the AFC just because of the injuries and the whole Kareem Hunt situation in okay. Kansas City right now. I can understand that. I can. I can. Um, yeah, so that's uh, the play of pictures right now and our predictions for it uh, after week 13. And, of course, uh, before we come into the playoffs uh, in the NFL, we got week 14 first. And, yeah, we're going to do the predictions again for this week. And, and <laughs> uh, we're coming back to how we did it two weeks ago. Quick fire round, short one-two sentence explanation of why we're thinking uh, this team will win. Uh, not keep it too long, but not as unplanned as we did it last week. Right. Uh so the first game this week is between the New York Jets and the Buffalo Bills. Bills destroyed the Jets last time. I expect them to win again. This time, Bills over the Jets. Yeah, Bills came close to beating the Dolphins, so I think they can actually finish against the Jets. Yeah, uh, I see it the same way. The Bills looked uh, pretty good the last couple of games. Uh, so I don't see why they wouldn't beat the Jets at home. Mm 
Um, the next matchup is between the New York Giants and the Washington Redskins. Uh, the Redskins are struggling in every aspect, defensively and offensively, and the Giants had a fantastic win over the Bears last week. Give me the Giants. Yeah, I'll take the Giants as well. They're just looking good, and that's just about it. I mean, they're not going to win much, but they're going to win this one. They're yeah, looking uh, good. I'm, I'm also taking the Giants. They, it's about the same as with the uh, with the Bills. Uh, they look good the last couple of weeks, uh, and Washington is struggling right now with injuries at quarterback. And like I said, they might get a little bit uh, one-dimensional now that they don't have a good quarterback. Uh, but next game up is between the Saints and the Buccaneers. I do think this game will be a high-scoring one. I anticipate a 42-27 to victory for the Saints. Yeah, I'll take the Saints. I think the Saints are just going to uh, kick the uh, Tampa Bay Buccaneers out of the hunt for the playoff spot. Yeah, I, I think the same way. Uh, but I kind of disagree with you, Derek. I don't think that the uh, Bucks will be able to put up that many points against an up-and-coming Saints defense. But I also think that the Saints will not put up 40 points. It will be more in the ballpark of around 30. We'll uh, see. We'll see about that. Next game up is between the New England Patriots and the Miami Dolphins. Uh, yeah, give me the Patriots. Even though it's in Miami, give me the Patriots. Yeah, give me the Patriots to... Uh... Give the Dolphins a six and seven record. Yeah, um, I'm I'm gonna jump off the wagon here. Uh, I'm gonna give this one to the Dolphins. I right. I I was thinking about the game a lot before I make that decision, but I'm just looking at the Patriots' uh, home and road split, and they are a different team on the road. And that's why I'm giving it to Miami there. All right, first um, here. The next matchup is between the Baltimore Ravens and the Kansas City Chiefs. This is one I talked to Toby about before I began this. This one was tough for me, but I'm giving it to the Ravens to pull off the upset. The Chiefs did lose their best running back. The Ravens' ha defense has stepped up a lot this week, and I believe Lamar Jackson is going to start again this week. They are 3-0 and with Lamar Jackson. I think they can go 4-0. and yeah, I'm going to ride the uh, Ravens bandwagon on this one as well. I just think that they, the Chiefs, they, I want to say they barely won, but it was a really close game with the Raiders for a little bit. Yeah, it, it was a close game between the Raiders and Kansas City, but I'm still giving this one to Kansas City. I I got to say, I think it will be a close game. I had the same problem as Derek did when deciding the winner of this game, and I would give it to Baltimore if they would play at home, but uh, the game is at Arrowhead Stadium, and uh, it's the same w as with the Patriots. The Ravens are a different team on the road than they are at home, and Kansas City, of course, with that crowd in the uh, Arrowhead, um, I just see the Chiefs with that slight home field advantage ahead of the Ravens. All right. And uh, the next game is your Colts game against the Houston Texans. 
Sorry, Colts Nation. I have to do it this one time. Uh, Texans are nine uh, straight wins. I think they're going to make it ten. The Colts are just, I don't think, quite going to be able to put up enough points against the Texans, especially the way they've been playing recently. Yeah. My heart says Colts and my brain says Texans, so I got to go with the Texans on this one. I just think that just the way they dismantled uh, Baker Mayfield in the first half alone is enough to get on Andrew Luck's skin. So I think they're going to send J.J. Watt and Dave Van Clowney against this young Colts offense way too much. Yeah, I, I'd love to give this game to the Colts, but I just can't against Houston right now. Um, and like I said, I see Houston to be uh, to have a first week bye in the playoffs. So yeah. I'm just giving this win to Houston. Um, next up are the Atlanta Falcons at the Green Bay Packers. This one was another one that I talked to Toby about with having difficulty picking. Uh, obviously the Falcons, uh, are getting a little better on defense and some of their guys are coming back from injury. I just think the Packers after suffering one home loss, a bad one, I don't think that they're going to let it happen twice in a row. I expect Aaron Rodgers to have a bounce-back game. Give me the Packers. Uh, I mean, they don't, they just fired their head coach. And is, is this at Lambeau or is this at... Uh, it's at Lambeau. It's at Lambeau. It's at Lambeau. Uh, yeah, I'll, I'll give it to the Packers on this one. I just think with Aaron Rodgers, they'll do enough to get by, but not enough to just... Uh, went out the season so I'm gonna give it for the Packers. Yeah, I, I just don't I, I just can't see it with all the controversy surrounding Green Bay right now with a new head coach that they can pull it off even when they're playing at home. I mean they just lost at home against Arizona. And Atlanta is not ba that bad of a team. I know they played a pretty bad game against Baltimore but that's mostly on the def of the defense of uh, the Ravens right now and the Packers don't have that caliber of a defense right now so I'm giving this to the Falcons alright Toby with three different games alright and then next up the Panthers at the Browns I think this game will be a little bit closer than a lot of people think uh, Panthers have had difficulties at times playing against good defenses their offense seems to sometimes lack the ability to move down the field consistently. But ultimately, I think the Panthers are just a slightly better team than the Browns. Uh, give me the Panthers this week. Yeah, I think the Panthers, I mean, there's no Denzel Ward. There's no, I believe, Joe Schobert on defense. They're, they're hurting a lot on defense right now. I just think that the Panthers will take advantage of that, and the Panthers will get a victory. Um. I gotta agree with you again. Um, I'm I'm picking the Browns on that one. Um, they are rolling on offense right now with Baker Mayfield. Of course, they are coming off a huge loss against Houston right now. They were shut down by the defense, but Carolina does not have that caliber of a defense. And uh, like we said, they are missing one target on offense right now with Greg Olson. Even with the Browns defense hurting, I think they still have enough guys to stop Cam Newton and uh, all the other guys. 
So I'm giving this to the Browns. Just I, I'm riding that that momentum that the Browns have Josh, right now. Josh, did you did you pick the Browns? No, he picked the Panthers. Oh, he picked the Panthers. Okay, I was like, yeah, I was making sure of that one. Um, Four games. The next game is between the Denver Broncos and the San Francisco 49ers. Josh got me on the Broncos hype train. I'm not about to get off of it now. Give me the Broncos. Yeah, I'll take the Broncos as well on this one. It's an easy choice. Yeah, uh, nothing much to say about that game. Broncos all hot. Uh, San Francisco not really having the momentum right now. I'm also taking the Broncos. Next game is between the Bengals and Chargers. Yeah, the struggling Bengals against the hot uh, L.A. Chargers, not San Diego like I referred to them many times this week. Uh, give me the Chargers. Yeah, give me the Chargers as well. It's simple. Yeah. Bengals are limping yeah. to the finish line. Chargers are going to kick them out of the playoff front. Yeah, um, I'm going with the Chargers as well. Like I said, I'm I having them as the favorite for the AFC West right now. So it should be an easy win for them. Um, next game on the schedule is between the Detroit Lions and the Arizona Cardinals. I was half tempted to go with the Cardinals in this game because they're at home and they do pretty well at home. And Detroit has difficulties on the row, but after what I saw from the Rams... They looked pretty promising. If they're able to put that game plan together, I think that they will win. Give me the Lions. Yeah, give me the Lions. If we get Stafford's win-loss record against below 500 teams, it's fantastic. Until you look above it, it's awful. So give me the Lions. Yeah, I'm also going with the Lions. I mean, the Cardinals are coming off that win against the Packers last week. I think that was an outlier, and also they're missing their number two wide receiver in Christian Kirk, who got hurt. Mm -hmm. um, so that takes away uh, one of the big targets that Josh Rosen had in the game. So Detroit should have a pretty easy game there. Um, next game up, I've already mentioned this before, is between the Steelers and the Raiders. Give me the Steelers this week. I know that they don't have James Conner, I know, but uh, the Raiders still have not found a solution to their offense right now. And just, I anticipate the Steelers will just score more points than the Raiders in this game. Give me, give me the Steelers. Yeah, give me the Steelers as well. This is it. This is Steelers. Yeah. More, yeah, I, I've said it before. I think they have. They were pretty lucky that they are missing James Conner uh, with the game against Oakland coming up. It's, I think, their easiest game on the schedule this year. So should be still without Conner an easy uh, win this week for them. And the next game up is a pretty important game for the NFC East between the Philadelphia Eagles and the Dallas Cowboys. This game is a little bit hard to decide on because the Eagles are finally finding their mojo when it comes to their offense, but uh, and I just I think that the Cowboys just are looking too good right now to pass up. They're easily the front runners in the NFC East at the moment until somebody proves me otherwise. 
uh, give me the Cowboys. Yeah, I think the Cowboys are just on a roll right now. So I just think it's going to be the Cowboys all the way. Yeah, I'm also taking the Cowboys. They have the momentum after that win against the Saints last week. And um, I'm not really convinced by Philly with the performance that they had against Washington last week because uh, they they didn't really pull away from uh, Washington until uh, Colt McCoy got hurt. So I'm not convinced with Philly right now. Then we got the uh, Sunday night game, important game for the NFC uh, playoffs between the LA Rams and the Chicago Bears. Uh, this game will definitely decide whether or not Chicago should be deserved to be called a threat. Uh, the Rams, I still think, will win this game because, like Toby has said numerous times, they want to get home field advantage throughout the playoffs the only way to do that at this point is to outbeat the Saints, and they're going to do everything in their power to make sure they get that. Give me the Rams this week. Yeah, give me the Rams as well. I mean, they still have this elite defense, but you let Saquon get over 100 yards on you on the ground and, and just make you look like you just don't know how to play defense against a rookie. Give me the, uh, the Rams. Yeah, that's one of the things that I was thinking about that game as well, because Saquon Barkley, Todd Gurley. Um, and one thing that has to be considered as well is uh, it's not sure if Mitch Trubisky can actually play that game. Mm -hmm. But still, I think, yeah, the Rams have to win that game to clinch the home field advantage for the playoffs. But the Bears, I think... Coming off that loss, they have a comeback game, especially at home. I think it's a close game, really? but in the end, the Bears, in my opinion, will win against the LA Rams okay. this week. Toby, Toby with the hot take. <laughs> Holy cow, bro. I mean, okay, the other four I saw, I think I could understand where you're coming from, but this one... I think you might be getting a little too confident the, this week. I mean, week, the, the Rams struggled against Detroit for a lot, so why not yeah. against the Bears with a lot better defense? Yeah, but they also have less of an offense, honestly, I think, in my opinion. Yeah, it depends if Mitch Trubisky can play. Yeah, it's, that's what it is. Um, But, yeah, last game this week, Monday Night Football between the Minute, uh Minnesota Vikings against the Seattle Seahawks. I said it before. I think the Seahawks are going to win this game. I think that they're going to be able to slow down uh, the Vikings uh, offense. The Vikings offense was shut down practically by the uh, Patriots defense last week. And especially Seattle when they're at home in front of uh, the 12th man. There's very few teams that can beat them in there. Give me the Seahawks. Yeah, give me the Seahawks as well. I think the Vikings are starting to decline a little bit in the uh, NFC North, even though uh, the, the Bears are just right there with them. So I'll take the Seahawks in this one. Yeah, I mean, Josh just said exactly the same thing I was about to say. I'm also taking the Seahawks on that one. Uh, Minnesota is just on the decline right now. 
So, Seahawks in that game. Toby with five different picks over. Yeah, Josh. got got to try Snyder. something. I mean, <laughs> he's going try hard now because he knows he's at <laughs> the bottom of the standing. So he's trying to be all try hard. He's a sweaty try hard. You want to read the standings really quick? What we got? Uh, the standings right now, as uh, our viewers on YouTube can see, of course, at the end of the video when the graphic comes up. Um, Derek right now has a record of 46 to 21. Josh just one game ahead of him with a record of 47 to 20. And mm -hmm. I'm behind by three behind Derek and four behind Josh with <laughs> a record of 43 to 24. Derek, you know what game it was, right? What was that? You know what game yeah. it was? You know what game it was that put me in front of you? Yeah, the Cleveland game, yeah. No, I was going to say it was the Broncos one. Yeah, it was, yeah, I mean, it it was, was that one Broncos game, yeah. Josh has been that hot so on the Broncos stupid, for so man. long. That was so stupid. That was that was such an outlier of a game. Like I, been, I even told you, I'm like I even told you, I'm like the Broncos are gonna have a game where they break out. And yeah. you were so won. confident in that pick. Too. <laughs> you were so you, confident. You were so confident in that pick, yeah. But yeah, that's it for this week. Uh, like always, like and subscribe. Uh, follow the podcast on Spotify. Um, yeah. Thanks again to you, Derek and Josh. It's been a pleasure. Hey, no again. problem, Toby. Anytime. And yeah, we'll see you guys next week. Peace. Bye. Subscribe Bye. to PewDiePie. <laughs>